0: Any organization, even an organization of one, can offer virtual events as part of their product mix. Michael Doyle of the Virtual Edge Institute discusses how in Episode 18 of the Learning Revolution Podcast. Hey there, this is Jeff Cobb, back with Episode 18 of the Learning Revolution Podcast. Learning Revolution is all about helping you to grow an audience, build a thriving training and education business, and change the world. I happen to be recording this episode of the podcast in Calgary in Canada, where I traveled to deliver the keynote at an event hosted by the Community Learning Network. I'd like to give a shout out to Anayat and the other folks who made that event possible. It was really great to have the chance to be a part of it. That was a real event of course and as a result I had to travel to it and so did the attendees and everybody else involved but of course it's more and more common not to have to travel to events like conferences or other types of meetings so I'm thrilled that while I'm physically here in Canada I managed to get Michael Doyle of the Virtual Edge Institute on the line back in the United States Michael was one of the early thought leaders when it comes to virtual events, and he and the Institute continue to lead the way into the future. One of the topics I was really interested in talking with him about is whether we're at a point where it's possible for small organizations and even solo subject matter experts to pull off virtual events. For an answer to that question and other valuable insights, let's transition over to the interview with Michael Doyle. Well, I'm very happy to be joined today by Michael Doyle, who is the Executive Director of the Virtual Edge Institute and a highly respected authority on virtual and hybrid events and meetings. Welcome, Michael.
1: Thank you, Jeff, and uh, looking forward to talking with you here.
0: Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking with you. It seems like virtual events is just one of those areas that uh, uh, is, you know, always, always buzzing out there more and more every year. Um, and actually, I mean, before we dive into the conversation, it, it might be a good place to start just to ask you, how, how do you define a virtual event? Does it have to be, you know, something more than just a webinar or does it cover a wide range of things? Give us your, yeah. your definition.
1: Yeah, I use a pretty broad definition, uh, actually, Jeff. And um, uh, you know, I mean, if you look up um, on Wikipedia, I think they've they've got a pretty uh, broad definition as well. So uh, what they say is it's uh, conducting a live meeting or a presentation over the internet, and uh, and and pretty much I, I would go along with that and say that um, it encompasses all sorts of uh, different technologies out there, everything from. Uh, conference calls and and uh, instant messaging to uh, web conferencing and and web collaboration tools right up through two uh, d and three d virtual environments and and webcasting and uh, you know really when you get up to the to the high end things like telepresence and and video conferencing two way video conferencing kinds of things so so i you know I tend to use a pretty broad definition
0: well now and, and you've obviously Formed a, a whole business uh, around this. Um, I, I'm assuming that you're seeing a, a lot of growth in, in virtual events in, in general over the the past. I, I don't know, you know, five years, ten yeah. years. What what's been the what's been the big boom uh, area for for virtual events?
1: Well, it certainly was. Uh, 2008 was the uh, was the the inflection point, uh, and and of course that was the uh, the economic crisis that uh, we went into, and really there what we found was, um, although we had started, I had started the Virtual Edge Institute prior to that, uh, that was the time when people were looking for solutions uh, to basically replace travel, because mm-hmm. they, they just couldn't travel, they didn't have the budgets, uh, their customers, their members, uh, you know, everybody was was impacted by that, and so that was really where you saw things start to, to really kind of take a, a hockey stick-like curve uh, in terms of growth, and so uh, since then, it's it's uh, you know it's it's uh, come back. Uh, travel budgets have come back, of course, and and uh, you know the, the growth has been uh, consistent, but uh, nothing like it was during the the two thousand nine two thousand ten period.
0: Right, right, and you you mentioned that economic downturn and and that being kind of a tipping point. I mean, it seems like for organizations. Uh, that there are some you know, obvious reasons to embrace virtual events. They can presumably at least save some cost. Uh, they can reach more people. But what's it like on the other end from your perspective? I mean, are the, are the people who are participating in virtual events, uh, and I know there are you know, a lot of different types, but uh, to the extent that you can kind of speak on average, mm-hmm. I mean, are, are they enjoying them? Are they getting something out of them? Or are they just putting up with them?
1: well it um it, it certainly isn't going to replace uh face to face that's that's for sure and and we never really thought that uh it would i guess you should never say never but um but uh you know clearly it has been uh if nothing else um, to uh, the folks who are involved in face to face events that are have embraced this it's been more of a growth area uh than anything else it's helped them grow their their uh, in-person events uh, as a result of, of doing these, uh, these virtual or hybrid programs. Mm. So, you know, we, we, we see that uh, as being a benefit. Um, you know, the, the, the thing about virtual events and, and uh, attending online is, you know, it's much more about the content. And uh, you know because you don't have that um, that networking capability, the uh, you know the, the um, uh, ability to go and and uh, and see someone and and uh, and, and engage them face to face. So um, although there are you know of course networking tools and functionality in some of the the platforms that people use out there, um, it, you know which is good. Um, the, the reality is though it's you know that's something that just has not uh, quite completely translated yet in the virtual world so it's it's largely dependent on the content um, and uh, you know and, and I would say that uh, you know if you have a, a good production and uh, and it's content that people want and you know they can't get to the event in person that they're very very satisfied um, you know th- there's a small percentage of people out there over all the um, surveys we've done, and I've seen other people do. There's a small percentage of people who prefer online. You know, maybe 15, 16. You know, somewhere in that that percentage uh, that actually prefer online for you know for whatever reason. Uh, but the vast majority of people, you know, prefer face to face. And uh, when they can't, though, um, you know, they they tend to appreciate the you know the fact that they can still participate in the meeting without being there. So uh, so I would. I would say it's it's not um, something where uh, you know people are uh, always wowed and entertained. And in fact, you know what what I talk a lot about and and, uh, others is, uh, you know, doing, uh, good enough, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so it doesn't have to be, you know, uh super high production value all the time. Uh, although sometimes, you know, that's necessary, but, um, you know, do what you can and, uh, do what's good enough, uh, to, uh, you know, to, to engage your, your audience and in, in your particular market.
0: And, and do you, do you feel like you have to think about the content in a, a different way with, a, a a virtual event? I mean, does it need to be, yeah. need to be shorter, uh, you know, more concise or, or you know, those right. are kind of obvious things, but anything else? That-
1: yeah. I, I mean, and, and that's, um, you know, that is one thing that, uh, we do talk a lot about and, and actually you're seeing that, uh, a lot more in, in, you know, face to face meetings as well. People mm. are saying, look, you know, the, the, you know, the way people's minds work, they can only tune into something and concentrate for, you know, short, chunks of time 10 right. minutes or 12 minutes so they're you know they're breaking up there uh and and uh, and absolutely the same kind of thing um, you need to do when you're considering it uh you know uh, produced for online now you you can't always do that um, but that would be the ideal scenario uh is is if you could do that but um, you know again if you're if you're uh you know broadcasting a a, a live keynote uh, or a, a live session uh you don't really have that uh that luxury
0: right right and now I mean I have to say most of the virtual events uh i mean aside from just sort of the standard webinar or you know kind of the lower end uh, of your definition, most of the major uh virtual events that I'm aware of have been put on by fairly large organizations you know big associations or or you know I know you've worked with a group like Cisco. I mean if you're a smaller organization does you know does it make sense for you to embrace this and and to the extent that it does you know what what are some some approaches that those kind of organizations can, can take?
1: yeah sure, and then I guess you know that kind of ties into the theme that I was just mentioning, which is you know doing what's good enough for your particular market and mm-hmm. your particular audience uh and I think that's you know that's a good place to start and um you know a lot of times you know again, uh also tying back to the original uh thought we' were, we were talking about, which is that uh people who can't attend something in person um are very appreciative of the opportunity to attend online at all and uh, so you see you know uh, some people who can use uh, technologies like you know very much like a a, a webinar uh, where there's somebody who's talking and maybe you can see some slides and 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 but there's no video uh, that can be uh, you know that can that can work just fine and it can be very inexpensive to do that. Um, I would say a, kind of a step up and and something that that I would uh, encourage more people to use is um, streaming technologies like UStream, uh, LiveStream. There's a number of them out there that uh, can be anywhere from free to you know mm. relatively low costs. And you know, there there are a lot of uh Logitech, for example, sells a a great little uh wireless video camera that uh that also has a built in encoder. Uh it's for Ustream in that particular case. And use that, uh, in, in, you know, several smaller meetings, conferences, and, you know, things of that nature. And, uh, and it works out just fine. And, you know, again, you know, it can be, uh, you know, very, very low cost, uh, but it is something where you have to do it yourself, uh, or you have to, you know, have one of the people that might be supporting you, uh, do it. And, um, you know, so so you know, there's there's uh, you don't have that uh, safety net of of having somebody who's a, um, uh, a you know, a turnkey solution provider who's going to handle all the the technology elements for you, so you can just focus on the content. So there, there's a little bit more of that to do. Um, there's also other systems out there. You know, as you go up. Um, that um you know are, are relatively self service and um and and therefore have a lower price point um so i think that's you know th- th- there are definitely solutions out there for people who uh you know are are constrained on budget and uh and also you know you mentioned cisco microsoft um you know, those kinds of organizations, they're also, you know, they have groups within those organizations that are also doing very, very small, low or no budget kind of, uh, events out there. And, uh, so they, they're actually using a lot of, uh, you know, things like Skype and, and, uh, uh, Google plus and, and things of that nature for, uh, to support their events.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And I, I I've seen you, uh, demonstrate that Logitech camera before. I think that's a pretty cool thing, uh, to hook right into to Ustream with that and, I, and I've participated yeah. in some events with Ustream and I mean they've been they've been quite good I I I've felt that the streaming is you know pretty decent quality
1: yeah it's one of those things where um you know they they don't out of the box support um slides uh but but you can you know if if you spend a little bit of time where you have somebody who's you know got a little technical skills um they do you, you know they can uh, accommodate slides and they do it very well and people use it uh, that way all the time now uh but originally it was just video now you can do both um but uh, again you got to be a, a little bit of a geek uh you know to to be able to pull some of that stuff off and you know the the caution there again is uh you know know your audience and and uh you know how critical the event is uh, you know I've seen some organizations that have really tried to uh you know keep their budget down, um, but uh, ultimately to the detriment of their their program because they, uh, uh, you know, one was doing an audio conference and they didn't realize that the system that they were using would beep every time someone came in or went out and they couldn't shut it off. So it was kind of a, kind of a disaster.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've I've run into that kind of situation before. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably want to make sure you've got a sympathetic audience out there uh, that they know what's going on. Yeah. So I know a lot of the, the people who are listening um, maybe don't even work for organizations. They're just individual subject matter experts of, you know, one sort or another, a trainer, a speaker, some, and somebody wants to leverage their expertise out into the world. How, from your perspective, should they be thinking about virtual events? Is it just something they need to be ready to participate in, you know, as a, as a speaker? Or can they do these themselves, do you think?
1: well i think um, it's actually a great uh... you know it's it's great uh practice and, and also, um, you know, just will help your understanding of it if uh, you get out there and do some of your own events. And, um, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there are some uh, lower-cost alternatives out there to uh, to being able to, to do some of these, and I would encourage people to go out and experiment with that. So so I would say absolutely. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's a great tool. Um it's not only the the type of thing that uh, you know you can you can do an event or meeting but of course you're going to have the that content uh, after that meeting available for on demand
0: right. and
1: uh, you know and, and so I think it it you know, it serves a number of different purposes out there, and certainly doesn't have You know, doesn't hurt if um, uh, you know if uh, you're you're you know trying to pursue some uh, some business opportunities um, in this space that um, you know that you you can talk about your your firsthand experience and and not just as a speaker. But I think you know in the you know the, the very least uh, I would say you want to be pretty well versed in how to. Present and how to engage audiences when you're, uh, you know, when you're doing a, a virtual event or a virtual session.
0: Right, right. And and what's your experience at this point? I mean, are um, organizations making money at this, and and how much?
1: yeah well it's it's kind of all over the board, and it gets down to you know some organizations are trying to you know make money and and uh, uh, monetize directly uh, you know the content or the event that they're doing, and others are uh, monetizing it, but in you know a different way uh you know maybe uh, selling other products or or promoting something else that they they want to try to eventually sell to to folks. Um, so, but people are making money um, certainly in the content area. So, um, if you have content that is valuable to people out there, um, and it's it's not readily available. Um, then there's you know and, and there's a, a decent uh, number of people who would be interested in that. Um, people are definitely making money at that, and a lot of associations are are doing very very well and continuing to increase their investment in this area. Uh, and and it's because they're they they have figured out how to monetize it. So I think there is an opportunity to monetize it from a content standpoint. Um, the advertising 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 and or exhibitor side of things tends to be a little bit um, a little bit more um, difficult for some folks uh, it again it depends on the market that uh, th- that you're you're trying to reach and how many potential sponsors there are out there and and um, you know what level of comfort or experience they have with uh, online marketing and, and uh, virtual uh, events and and uh, online meetings so um, so there definitely are people who are making very, very good money out there so I was just talking to somebody earlier today that's gonna to be speaking with me on a session on monetization and uh, his organization actually does uh, virtual trade shows and so he has exhibits and all that kind of thing and they used to do physical events and now they've gone totally to, to virtual events so it's it's ab, you know it's absolutely working in his uh, particular mar- market um, but that's not gonna be the same for everybody uh, but uh, you know there there are uh, a number of things that people can look at when it comes to monetization and you know, I would always start with the content side of things and see what the opportunities are there because that tends to be lower hanging fruit, and then start to look at um, the uh, sponsorship, advertising, and/or uh, exhibit side.
0: Great, great. Well, I'm going to ask you to put on your crystal ball here before we uh, wrap up and, and tell us. You know what what you see coming down the pipe for the future, whether it's you know for virtual events in general or or whether it's what virtual edge institutes going to be up to in, in the you know coming year or so?
1: Sure. Well, I think one of the things that uh, we're definitely going to continue to see, and that is uh, costs coming down. Um, and you know that's a good thing because uh, you know you, you want uh, uh, to have a low cost structure going into these so that um, the barrier to success is is you know that much more uh, attainable so costs are coming down uh, I think systems in general are you know getting easier to use uh, better navigation um, self much more um, self-service uh, oriented so that you don't need uh, you know a big production Team to help you uh, run an event, and you can, you can kind of spin one up and, and uh, do it with uh, you know very little expertise. Um, of course, the um, uh, like everything else, mobile is uh, is, is going to continue to be a big driver here, and and we're seeing more and more uh, solutions that focus um, you know on on the mobile side of things. Just about all the technology out there is pretty much. Um, uh, compatible with all the mobile devices out there at this point, and uh, I would say the other thing is that engagement. Uh, there are there's a lot of new tools out there for people to engage not only um, the audiences in you know in the the room if it's a hybrid event, uh, but also the online audiences and ways to to connect those to uh... poll everywhere is a good example of that uh... There's uh, some new apps that are coming out or are out. Uh, one is um, called Here on Biz, so it's Here on Biz, um, which is very interesting. That's kind of a, a location-aware mobile device. So I could I could realize that, or I could go to an event and I could go to a reception, for example, and and I'd look at my device and it would tell me, oh, Jeff Cobb's in this room.
0: Right, and, right.
1: You know, pull up your your profile on LinkedIn and uh, and I could go. Uh, find you and uh, we could have our conversation so I think those are you know some of the main areas and the other thing that we're working with um, specifically is our digital event strategist uh, certification and education program mm. so that's an online training program for people to uh, to get up to speed on on what's happening in this space, and and how to uh, really uh, plan these kinds of engagements, um, and we like I said, we have a certification that goes along with that. It's not required; you can just take the education, but uh, we have a certification. And then the other thing that um, you know we're seeing, uh, you know, early success with right now is. Um, uh, our digital event center program where we're going to convention centers and uh, we're working with them to put together uh, one some training and, and certification for their facility and their people uh, in in digital events uh, but also a uh, packages that are entry-level packages for meeting planners out there who haven't done this before and want to try it but you know want a, a fixed price mm. and, and you know fixed Services for those prices, and and uh, and and not a lot of uh, uh, you know work on their part um, to uh, to to get a uh, hybrid uh, event experience for their organization. So uh, that's you know that's uh, something that will you know we're going to see those centers coming online in in uh, in thirteen.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, I expect you're going to see some, some good demand for those offerings. Yeah. Michael, um, before we say goodbye, where can folks best find you?
1: Um, probably on Twitter is Virtual Edge, and then uh, our website is virtualedgeinstitute.com.
0: Great. Well, thanks so much. It's always a pleasure catching up with you and uh, finding out the, the latest in the world of virtual events.
1: I appreciate it, Jeff, and look forward to seeing you again soon.
0: That wraps up my conversation with Michael Doyle. I encourage you to visit the show notes for this episode where you'll find links to the Virtual Edge Institute along with the various tools that Michael mentions during the course of the interview and other resources that can help you plan and launch a virtual event. You can get to those easily by going to learningrevolution.net forward slash episode 18. As always, if you are enjoying The Learning Revolution, I'd be really grateful if you would share that with others. You can do that easily by going to learningrevolution.net forward slash share, and that will automatically populate a tweet that you can send out to people in your network. And finally, I'd love to hear from you. There is a capability on the learningrevolution.net website for leaving me a voicemail. When you arrive on the site, that usually pops up right away or look over to your right and you'll see the voicemail option. Leave me a voicemail with a question or a comment. And uh, if it's appropriate, I'll cover that in an upcoming episode of the Learning Revolution podcast. In the meantime, this is Jeff Cobb. It's been a pleasure as always. And I am signing off from the revolution we